Um, you know, what I wanted to do is, is speak about a whole bunch of things, but really I think what I want to do just for the next few moments, uh, I don't want to, to try to, to steal the moment or, or anything like that, but you know, one of the things that so impacted me about this day and, and kind of the inspiration for why we wanted to do this is, is a couple of things. Number one, my grandfather, who was a pastor, he retired, he, he was 74 years old, he passed away in January, uh, my hero, you know, I wanted, always wanted to be like him, just an amazing man of God, and shortly after he passed, it was with probably in a I don't know, a couple weeks or so, I got invited to go to a birthday party for Miss Anita Redding, and that was Lindsay, the guy who's playing the banjo, that was his wife. And, and so I went, and uh, besides the family, I was the youngest person there. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I never felt out of place for a moment. And it was so neat. As I went back into their back living room, and we just, just sat down, and they had, of course, they had great food. It was all full of sugar, and that was wonderful. But uh, all these people that you saw up, up here today, they're, they're friends, they're, they have real relationship. In fact, Bub was telling me that I think some of them, I don't know if all of you have played together since the 1960s uh, in some shape or form. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And um, they, have, they have true relationship. I don't, I'm not 40 years old, so I haven't even known anybody 40 years. The only people I've known my whole life are my parents, and they have to like me. Um, but it was amazing to sit around and see the true friendship, and they did basically what they did today. They sat around, and they talked, and they shared memories, and they sang songs, and they asked me about my life, and they asked me about you know, things that were going through, and I got to share about my grandfather. I got to share a few songs that he liked, and they were so gracious to sing those songs, and it just hit me. something. Uh, it was kind of like a revelation to me, is that there's one thing that we share in common as believers. It's that we share Jesus. And he brings us together, and we share relationship. Relationship has always been at the core of who we are as believers. I think that the gospel, at the core of the gospel, is relationship. You know, God created Adam and Eve in the garden, and he had a wonderful relationship with them. The Bible says he came down and talked with them every night, and he walked with them in the garden. They had this relationship with God, and that was God's desire. Now, we know they, they screwed it up, right? They disobeyed God, and that relationship was severed. But then we see God doing everything in his power to restore, to reconnect that relationship. And he gave something that was so precious to himself. He gave his son to establish relationship. And the gospel at its core is about relationship. Yes, it's about the relationship that we have with God the Father that he desires. And in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking. I want to share this scripture with you, talk for just a few moments, and then we can all get out of here and have a great day. This is what it says in John chapter 10. Jesus is speaking to a group of people, and he's using an analogy of a shepherd and and sheep. And he says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. And leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And you read that passage of scripture and you say, well, what does that have to do with with relationship? One of the things that I'm struck by is this. As you read that passage and you continue further, you see the people. They're sitting there and Jesus is talking and they're scratching their heads and they're saying, that sounds great, but we have no idea what you're talking about. That's what they tell Jesus. And he says this, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd in what I just told you. And he says, and you are my sheep. And what I thought was amazing is is that he knows his sheep and he calls them by name. You know what they say the sweetest sound to a person's own ears is? The sound of their own name. Think about it. When someone calls your name, you're immediately at attention. 
You could be at a mall. You could be in a crowded room like we are today. You can hear your name mentioned, and whether you know the person or not, you automatically assume they're talking to you, right? And you whip your head around, and you look to see who's calling your name. Now, when it's someone who doesn't know you and you don't know them, they're just saying the name and, and looking because they're looking for someone else, that's, it's, you still are drawn to it. But when someone you care about, someone that you know, someone that is a family member or a friend, they say your name, there almost is really no sweeter sound to your ear, especially if it's your spouse or someone that you love dearly, then they say your name. They don't say, hey, you. They call you by name. And here's Jesus, God himself, coming to the earth, Telling all these people, he says, look, I'm the good shepherd. I lead you, and I call you by name. He didn't just come to the earth and say, I call, and you come. I call you by name. The sweetest sound to the person's ear, name. And as he walked around and called his 12 disciples, the Bible says, and he called to them, and they came. If you look at that word a little bit deeper, you get the understanding that when he called them, he called them by name. He said, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Matthew, come Come follow me. He called them by name. I think that's absolutely incredible. The creator of the universe, out of seven plus billion people on the earth today, calls you and I by name. At the core of who God is, he is a relational person. That's what he wants. He wants relationship. He doesn't just want us to follow a a set of standards and beliefs. He wants us to be in relationship with him. And not just with him, but he wants that relationship that he has with us to flow out of us and us to be in relationship with other people. I think that one of the reasons why we were so blessed today by this amazing group of individuals is because of their friendship and because of their relationship that they have with one another. And not just that they like the same things and they go to the same places, but they share in common the person of Jesus Christ. That is the glue and the fiber which brings them together. If we could sit down and talk, I'm pretty sure they could begin to share story after story after story of what God has done, how he's blessed them, how he's been faithful, how he's used their friendship and their relationship to support one another and do some amazing things. I don't know about you, but... As I sat this morning and listened to the music and listened to the songs and all of that, I began to to reminisce and have memories about things. I grew up with a lot of the music that we just sang. I grew up, I was born in church, practically born in the pew. You know what I mean? We used to do tent revivals every year out in the field. I, I, I know a lot of that music. I grew up with it. But you know what it made me remember? It made me remember my grandfather. It made me remember him and the relationship that I had with him. And what he did, you know, when I was five years old, I went to a kid's camp that my grandpa was preaching. And I got saved at that, ki- at that kid's camp with my grandpa and the life that, that he lived. I got saved. This is how I entered into the kingdom of God, how I entered into this, this, this wonderful community and family of believers. And I began to think through that. And I just began to think about all how he lived his life and how relational my grandfather was and how that when he got saved around his in his 30s that he became a pastor he began to uh do a bus ministry he just went and began to knock on doors and and pick kids up and take them to church and as i've told you before it grew and they were were bringing almost a thousand kids a weekend into church at in arnold missouri going all the way out into the city and bring them and it was a it was a beautiful thing But one of the things I always was so amazed at my grandfather, especially later in life and right before he passed, is he would sit and he just told us stories. We got an hour and a half of footage of him just telling us stories is he was calling people by name. He was telling me stories about people and he was calling them by name. Yeah, I picked up Johnny on this street. 
And then, John, and then I met Johnny's father, and he knew Johnny's father's name. But he, he was calling these people by name, and it was so amazing to me. And I began to think to myself, how many people do I really know or call by name? How many people am I really in relationship with? Not just that I see on a, a regular basis, right? Not that I just say, hey, how are you? You know, I see him at the store, or I see him in the context of a service. Hey, how are you? But, but how many people, how many stories at, at 74 years old will I be able to tell where I can call people by name? And it really began to challenge me, and I began to see that even Jesus himself, he calls people by name, right? He did, he did amazing things when he was on this earth. But you know what he chose to do more than anything else? He chose to invest himself in the lives of 12 young men. They weren't old men. They were young men. Peter was probably the oldest. Most of these guys were probably teenagers, and Jesus was 30. He invested himself in these 12 men. He did not go out into all the world and try to meet every single person individually. Could he have done that? I'm sure he was God. But he didn't. He poured himself into 12 people. And even with that, he poured himself into three people, specifically Peter, James, and John. He took them with him up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He took them with him when he raised that young girl who was 12 years old back from the dead. He poured himself into these young men. And these 12 young men went on to turn the world upside down. And they're the reason that you and I sit here this morning. Because of the life that Jesus lived and he, he invested himself in them. We talk about small groups a lot. Some people like them and some people don't. But when I look at it, I see that small groups is not an idea. Small groups is not something that we just try. I think small groups is at the heart of of the gospel because Jesus had a small group. Jesus was intentional and specific about it. He called them by name. And he spoke into their lives, and he, he, he poured himself into them. They, they knew all about him. These people, they, they traveled together. They ate together. They, they slept at the same spot. They, they did everything together for three and a half years as Jesus just invested his life in these young men. And they became friends, I believe. They had relationship. They could sit around in a room or around a campfire and tell stories and laugh, and cry, and share their successes, and their failures, although Jesus had no failures, they just shared their failures with him, and their successes, and brought them up, and, and I think as I look at that, I think it's incumbent upon every single one of us to take a step out of our level of comfortability, out of the space in which we have, and begin to form relationships with other people, especially in the church, other believers. You know, this setting right here is great, It serves a purpose, but not many of us are building friends right now, right? I mean, unless you're just talking to each other while I'm talking. That's cool. (laughs) But we build relationships not in the context of a service like this, but outside these four walls. The majority of talking at a church one-on-one goes goes in the hallway, when you see each other in the bathroom, when you're picking up your kids, when you're in the parking lot. And we just want to be very intentional about people stepping across the lines of uncomfortability and beginning to form relationships with one another. How cool would it be to think that you could meet somebody today and be friends with them for 40 or 50 years? I don't know about you, but I'm, that's, I'm, a, little, I'm a little jealous, and, and I, wanna, I want to have what that group has as I sat there in that room and experienced the, the, the warmth and, the, and just how welcoming they were. And you could just see, man, these people love each other. They're friends. That, that's what it's all about. That's what the gospel, in my opinion, is all about, is bringing people together who understand, like Brother Dave said, that the most important thing that we have is God himself. Really, it's the most important, and at the end of the day, it's the only thing. 
that we can be sure of. It's the only hope that we have that will never disappoint. Some people say, well, you know, it's a good idea to be involved in a small group. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a necessity to be involved in relationship. Now, you can clap. I got some over here and some over here. Yeah. I, I think it's a necessity so that you can be with people who can call you by name. In the same way that God calls his sheep by name. Do you ever think it's interesting that the, the, main, the number one um, example that God uses for us is sheep? Some people say it's because sheep are dumb and they need direction. And I think, man, there's part of that. But I think the, the bigger thing is, because I don't think God's just about calling us dumb and directionless. I think is that he sees sheep because sheep are a flock, right? They're a herd. Everywhere they go, they go together. They eat the same place. They see the same things. They sleep together. They all travel together in a herd. There's never been a sheep that just was meant to be a lone ranger, right? Sometimes the sheep get separated, and the good shepherd goes and gets that sheep and brings it back to the flock. But he refers to us as a flock, that we are a community of people together. We are never meant to be lone rangers. We are always meant to do things together as a community. And you know what? When you come together as a community, you realize that you have some differences. You realize that you have some things to work through. But we are, in my opinion, the greatest community and organization on the planet today as the church. Right? And we have the most uniting fiber of anything, and that's Jesus Christ. And we have to get involved in relationship with one another and be accountable to one another and grow with one another, learn about each other's lives and learn how to build each other up and learn when you're down, I can help build you up. When I'm down, you can help build me up. We can have fellowship and relationship with one another. Some of you are sitting out here today wondering why you're lonely and why things aren't working out in your life, why you're not experiencing God in the way that you want. It's because you're trying to be a lone ranger. I think that you experience the fullness of who God is in the company of his people. In the company of his people. Can God speak to you alone? Yes, 100%. I'm not saying that. But when we get around God's people, we're all a reflection of him. I'm sorry, but you and I, we don't have the corner on the market of who God is. Right? We have an understanding of who he is, but when we come together and we begin to learn from one another and we see that God is alive and active in each and every one of us, It changes things. Don't ever let a service on a Sunday or a Wednesday be your excuse for making friends because this is not it. Christianity and salvation does not exist within on a Sunday morning in an hour and a half time frame. God is a God of 24-7, right? Everywhere you go, everywhere you're at, he is. He didn't call us to come to church on Sunday. He called us to live life in the way that he wants us to live life. He wants to live life through us, and that's in our relationships. That's everything that we do. And I just want to encourage you this morning, is if you're not involved in a small group in any way, shape, or form, check it out. When you leave today, you're going to have to walk through the tents. We set them like that up intentionally, so you have no excuse. The only thing you can do is stop or run, right, (laughs) to miss it. We want you to stop and talk to people. And you say, you know what? I looked on the back of this card, and I don't see anything that I like. I'm going to challenge you. Start your own. Find something. Start your own. Go talk to Shelby today. She didn't know I was going to say this, but I'm sure she's okay with it. Go talk to her today. Say, I want to start something. I want to begin a relationship with somebody. I want to do this. And do it. And here's the thing. I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not doing. I meet with a couple guys at Starbucks every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock. And we meet, we talk about life, we, we talk about God's word, we, we share, we, you know, sometimes we, we pray together. 
We just can be honest and open and talk about what we're going on, what's going on in our lives, and it's great. It's wonderful, but it has to be intentional. Do I want to get up an hour earlier and go to Starbucks every Wednesday? Not really. But I'm dragging my butt out of bed because it's the right thing to do. Very rarely is, does the right thing feel like the right thing. Wrong always feels right. Sleeping in until whatever time, that always feels much better. Eating whatever I want, ice cream every day, oh, feels wonderful. Cooking broccoli, all that stuff, doesn't feel good. i got to put a bunch of stuff on it just to stomach it, right? But it's better for me. So it's not something that's always convenient, but just be intentional about it. Be intentional and realize that it doesn't always have to be with somebody your same age. I believe that diversity is, is, is who God is. And we are so enriched by those of us when, who are younger than us and who are older than us. I've been blessed to be part of groups my entire life where I had someone who was older than me pouring into me and I had someone who was younger than me that I could be like, well, so-and-so told me this. I'm going to tell them this because I learned it from someone who went before me, right, and who could tell me. And so I already spoke longer than I wanted to today, but I just want to encourage all of you. Take that step. Get to know somebody that you wouldn't normally know. You guys who sit over here, get to know somebody who sits over here and vice versa. Just, and you know what? It'll be amazing because I'm sure you all have friends and you know people who don't go to church. I'm telling you, it's much easier to invite somebody over to your house or to Starbucks than it is to get them to come to church. You can invite them into your group, begin to love on them, talk to them, get to know who they are, and pretty soon they're going to see that, I mean, you guys are pretty, you're pretty normal. And then you say, hey, would you like to come to church with us? We love it. And then you know what? It's going to fundamentally change things. But God lives in you, not in this building. This is just as a great resource. Only thing going to heaven with you and me is us and the people we take with us. So I'd rather spend more time investing in those things that are eternal than something that's temporal. Right? And that's people. I'm going to invite Shelby up here. She's going to talk a little bit more about this. But there's one thing I want to say as she comes up here is this. Number one, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening to me. But number two, I think the greatest asset of being part in a small group is this, is you become so aware of the person of Jesus Christ when you get around other people. You become so aware of who he is. If he intentionally for three and a half years invested himself with a young group of 12 gentlemen and they became so aware of the person of Jesus Christ that when he left and he commissioned them, they gave their lives for what he taught them and who he was. They were all martyred. John was the only one that ended up dying of old age and he was banished to an island of Patmos. But these young men, because of the time they spent with Jesus, gave their lives for him. When you get in a a group with people and begin to share your lives with one another, I guarantee you, you're going to walk away with more than you ever started with. And you're going to be so aware of the person of Jesus Christ that you'll, you'll be amazed. You will learn more about Jesus from other people than you ever will from me. You only get to hear me. 35, 40 minutes a week, but you can get to know these people and learn from them. And the, and the end result is amazing. When, you are so, when you're more aware of Jesus than you are anything else, your life will change. Mm-hmm.